friends, it's Ann West, Executive Director of the Island Health and Wellness Foundation, and we are back with another episode of the Just for the Health of It podcast. The following is a conversation that I had with Ann Delaney. Ann is the new Director of Adult Education at Island Adult and Community Education. Ann actually took over from Fort Lynn Witham. This conversation today is not intended to serve as any type of medical or healthcare advice. It's just for educational purposes. And hopefully, as usual, we'll have a little fun along the way. So first of all, welcome to another Anne. Um, in your <laughs> own words, tell me who you are, where you work, and what you do. Well, thank you for having me today. Uh, this is a wonderful opportunity. And I must stress, I am very new uh, to this position. Um, I, I have been teaching uh, some adult ed students and some of the high school students as well, um, but new to the administrative part. And I do work at Island Adult and Community Education, which most people know as Deer Isle Adult and Community Education serve in the communities of Deer Isle, Sedgwick, Stonington, Brooklyn. I think I got them all. So, uh, you know, there's there's lots of different configurations uh, for all of us up here. And uh, what I do for my, for my work is all kinds of things, but basically to me, my career in um, education last 20 some years is to create access um, to education um, for, for anyone and everyone and to, um, you know, create that access in the community because education is um, often seems intangible, but as we're finding now, we're finding now how very, very important it is uh, for people to be educated and to be happy in the workforce and be contributing. So I would say, Basically, you know, I'm an uh, one of my big roles in life is as an educator um, and also as an educator in the community. And I love how most of the adult education programs up here include community education. And those of us who have been in adult education and studied adult education, um, the, the philosophy behind that is very much about accessibility and equity in education and um, inclusiveness in the community. Absolutely. I think that's beautiful. And I, I've always said that we make a lot of decisions in life when we're very, very young. And I think for a lot of us, um, we went to college or, or sought higher education without really knowing much about what we were getting into. And so I always, I love looking through the adult education books um, because there's so many interesting offerings that as an adult, I, I say, wow, I'd really like to know more about this or this. Um, so it's great that you're there. And it's so good that you focus on um, inc being um, inclusive, because I do think that especially in small communities like ours, it's so important to make everyone feel like they have a seat at the table and that they have the opportunity um, to continue learning through their whole life. Now, what did you do before this job? You had mentioned you've been in education, so I'm assuming it's it's kind of a thread. It's kind of a thread. Actually, um, I won't go all the way back to college. However, when my first job um, after undergrad, I worked for a inner city hospital in Columbus, Ohio um, on an inpatient uh, detox unit and 28-day program. Um, so, you know, obviously it was a very 
underserved area with a lot of poverty. This was during um, when crack was a huge problem. Uh, and then from there, I went on and stayed in substance abuse treatment services. Sometimes I was doing what I would call direct service or patient services, client services. Maybe ca I case managed teenagers who were in long-term treatment. I worked in an adult facility, so I had some experience. And uh, But I did decide, I then went on to the Ohio Department of Mental Health as a program coordinator in consumer services. And right before that, I worked for Ohio Advocates for Mental Health, which was a statewide advocacy organization for consumers and mental health services, came to Maine and kind of changed careers completely and started as a temporary part-time uh, secretary for Eastern Maine Community College. They had a small off-campus center in Belfast. And I went from there and I worked in business and industry services for them as an assistant director. I filled in as assistant academic dean. I taught some developmental reading and writing. I, I just, I always joke that I'm like, you know, I'm the type of administrator, it's like zucchini. You just kind of like chat, you just kind of throw me in and I start to absorb yeah. the flavor of the place. And so, yeah, you know, I'm just always, I was, I'm one of those people, I generally will always bite off more than I can chew and refuse to spit it out again. You know, I'm just going to keep chewing on it until great. I get some. Well, yeah, <laughs> you should. I think that's great. No. And, and I've never heard that analogy about zucchini before and I love it. And I promise you, I will carry that with me forever and use it many times. Um, but I love that because that's, it's, it's your kind of people that really understand other people because you've been in a number of positions, you've worked throughout a, a different industries. And mm -hmm. when you're dealing with someone, you bring all of that experience so that you can meet them where they're at. And I think that's really important. And it's also great in terms of enjoying your job um, because you never get bored because you've always taken on more and more and more, or, you know, you're the one that raises your hand to learn the new skill or try out um, something different. And so I, I think that's a great, again, we go back to that lifelong learner. I think mm -hmm. that's perfect. And I'm so excited that you're bringing that here to Deer Isle. So give us some details. And I know you're brand new, so I, I don't expect a, volumes on this, but um, <laughs> give us some details on the adult and community education program here on the island. What does that look like right now? Right now, um, it we, we were very fortunate that Lynn, um, and it's funny, Lynn Witham was the, the director of the UMA Center in Ellsworth. And then she came to Deer Isle and I was the director at the UMA Center in Ellsworth. And then she retired here. And now on the adult, you know, I, she's parallel. Just, it's like, she's just like, hey, come Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Um, but anyway, at any rate, uh, the adult education program in Deer Isle, the, the pieces of it, um, and we have a really, really interesting, beautiful community piece that um, Lynn and some others helped develop. But it's, you know, high set testing, which is what replaced the GED or and or high school completions. You know, we may have someone come in who maybe was at the high school and left before they completed. 
but they may only need a few credits. So you do some credit recovery so they can earn their diploma. You may have someone where it really works much better for that student to go ahead and do you know, a high set and get um, high school equivalency in that manner. So there's a lot of activity, there's still activity there. And then the new, um, we're look, we got approval to run a CNA course, probably try to run two if we can get them in, although I won't make promises. So that's part of our workforce training and development, which is ongoing in all adult education programs. And, um, you know, right now adult ed is very oriented towards workforce development along with completion of, of high school uh, high school qualifications. The other part is we have the workforce development. We also have the um, adult basic education, which is still very important if people need that, if they're trying to reskill or retrain. Um, that all comes under the, um, the main career and college access, which is kind of, it, it's not, not completely new, but it, it's a definite framing of, you know, people coming into adult educations now, education programs now, it's very goal oriented. You know, it's no longer like, oh, you know, it's okay, come in, you know, come in and out. Right. Let's see, do it. And then there's enrichment, which is, you know, the really fun stuff and really cool stuff. And, um, and that's part of Dear Isle here as well. And we have so many talented people in the community. But wow. a really great thing we have as well is um, Linda Shepard is also part of the adult education program. And she's a family um, advocate. And uh, she works with children in the after school program. She uh, works with families. She does family, a lot of family literacy activities. She, she puts together these great kits where they can do projects together as a family and just pick it up because COVID's making it really hard to put groups in classroom settings. So she's out in the community and you know helping families with literacy, parenting skills, you know, we can do a parenting class, those kinds of things. So it's very much about, you know, paying attention to people in the community and giving them learning opportunities from, you know, zero to however old, you know, uh, you are and what you want to do. Um, so it can be workforce development, or it can be enrichment, it can be high school completion. And, and um, those are the, you know, uh, big corner stones of adult education. Sure. Now, one thing that I noted, um, because obviously I'm coming from a healthcare perspective, yeah. is we've been discussing off air and just now the CNA certification program. Can you yeah. tell us more about that? Perfect. So we have approval from the state of Maine uh, to once again run a CNA certified nursing assistant program. Each class uh, can take up to 10 students, and we definitely want to have those 10 students. And those are small classes because the ratio between clinical coordinator and students when they go into the um, inpatient setting. And we are so lucky, um, very generous private donors who have asked to remain anonymous uh, contributed so that uh, there's no uh, cost to the students. And the hope is that these students uh, will, you know, we really hope the Island Nursing Home opens again, reopens. Right. It's huge. And we're hoping that the CNAs who come through this course and um, the next course, however many courses we continue to run, will um, 
hopefully find employment and, and stay with the Island Nursing Home um, as part of this community. Excellent. So is it just this first class that's going to be free and paid for by the donors or is this future classes too? That's a great question. We want to stretch the money to cover at least two classes. Okay. And great. yeah, and we're lucky in that, uh, we, you know, they're, uh, you know, there's a lot of funding out there. There's a lot of funding opportunities that uh, that's a big part is continuing to explore that and, and to fund sure. those opportunities. Now, when it comes to adult ed and the different offerings that are in community education, is there a cost usually associated with the different programs, like finishing your high school diploma or things like that? Or um, is there, are there scholarships if there's costs associated? How does payment work? Well, payment works uh, in that it's, it's very low cost and no cost oh, for good. a number of reasons. Um, number one being because, you know, obviously the school district, um, the school union and, you know, community members and board members are very supportive of adult education services. So, you know, they fund, um, you know, staffing, for example, um, to, to do that. And, um, also for enrichment classes, we try to just keep it down to charging for materials sure. and um, use funding from the state of Maine subsidies, which is another very important resource for all adult education programs. So, you know, as we show the state of Maine, who is being served, how they're being served, they then continue to give an annual contribution, you know, from the state. Um, that's probably coming down from federal dollars as well as general. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, block grants. And, and so that helps, helps the community. So my point is that I just want to make sure to highlight um, how important and, and how fortunate we are when you, when you have community members as represented by your, by your board and taxpayers who see the importance and, and are, are willing to make that part of their school budget, as well as our staffing. And then there's a lot of great um, sources for grants, such as private donors, uh, so or uh, the Maine Community Foundation, and those can be resources for scholarships for students if, for some reason, there there was a cost associated with a type of um, adult learning activity. So it really is part of the philosophy in adult and in general, and and definitely here is to hold costs down to students as much as possible, and definitely as a general rule. You know, if you're coming back to an adult education program to complete high school, uh, there shouldn't be no costs associated except sometimes lab science classes. Okay. If you're doing a college prep class, for example, because we also do college transitional type of programming. So if, say you have to take lab biology to get into a nursing program you want to go into later. So in that case, there might be a minimum cost once again for supplies, but um, we're pretty committed to keeping that down. Yeah, and it's, it's not anything prohibitive cost-wise. No, we don't want that. Now, going back to the CNA course, um, sure. and again, this may not be something that's been solidified yet, but if someone is looking at signing up for the CNA course, what does that course involve? Like, what kind of time commitment is it for someone? That's a good question. And the number of hours, I should know that off the top of my head, I'm so No, no, no. I, I definitely don't <laughs> expect you to know the number of is it's it, obviously I'm just saying, is it like yeah. one evening a week? Is it having to travel off islands? Uh, like what, I hear you. what does it involve? 
what I, I know right now is the, the classroom part, you know, usually CNA programs, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get some corrections here. I'm going to say around 180 hours between classroom and clinical work. And the classroom work, oftentimes it'll be maybe two evenings a week to yeah. do that. And then you might have clinical and it just depends on um, the clinical site and uh, how much, you know, how much, how many students you have. And I'm being very vague right now, because one of the things I want to do as we have students come forward, we, we start talking to instructors again about actually scheduling times is to find a time that is works for people in terms of transportation, sure. childcare, uh, adults always have tons of other responsibilities. Uh, as far as off Island, the clinical piece right now is set to be at um, Northern Light Blue Hill Hospital. Right. So there may be some travel associated. And I'm glad you brought that up. That is a, a big uh, um, a big issue for anyone trying to continue their education, especially in Maine. And once again, you know, I would want any student who had a transportation issue to, to, to reach out and talk to us so we can connect them to resources. Excellent. So if you're sitting here thinking you would like to take the CNA course, but you do have some potential barriers, um, it's worth a call to Anne, definitely to say, let's talk about it. Let's see if this is a possibility for me. So speaking of that, Anne, how do people reach out to you to sign up for a class or learn more about the programming? Yeah, um, our Facebook page uh, is, is a place to start, you know, our, it's, it's an easy place to start with contact inf information, et cetera. Um, although I do have to update some, I don't have my name on there yet. However, it does have information to contact us. My, our number is it's 207-348-6303. And my email is a Delaney, <clears throat> excuse me, at dishs.org. So it stands for DLIL Stonington High School.org. Uh, that's another way you can call the high school. You can email me. You could check our Facebook page and send a message. Um, all of those, all of those will work. If all you can remember is I need to reach Angelini, um, Associate of DLIL Adult Education. Um, you know, just just put in DLIL uh, Adult Education or DLIL Island and Community Education. As you can see, we've kind of gone back and forth with with the the naming um, sure. so but you should be able to find it if you just put in your aisle stonington as well great so i'm going to put that information including a link to the facebook page in the great. show notes and then yeah. if people are listening to this podcast and they would like to reach out to you they can do that, that um great. so i'm interested in not interested in taking your job but i'm interested in your job um okay so tell me and my listeners, yep. what does a typical day look like for you? Because you're adult education, are you working on the back end of the day when most of us are usually done? Do you work a normal shift? Like, what does that look like? Well, it, it, there, is no, there is no typical day, and I'm used to that. Um, from working at the community college to an off-camp, running the off-campus center in, in Ellsworth, and, and coming here, you know, there's nothing typical. Um, you're juggling all the time. Uh, there's, you know, every day there's always a lot of talking to lots of different people who are part of lots of different projects. So um, there may be a day where there's just 
tons of emailing going back and forth where you're trying to connect and coordinate. And then, so that's one piece uh, of the day. And then another piece may be, I have a potential student, you know, prospective adult education student. And, and that's a very different feel where you're sitting together and, and connecting and really, you know, talking to people about their needs, you know, encouraging them to, to let me know where they're at. There may be testing uh, that we do just to measure where skill levels are at the present time. That's a part there that I may be doing some instruction one-on-one -on -one with a student. Um, and then other times, you know, doing intakes for workforce development uh, we'll be getting ready for testing. So it, there's so many different things in the course of a day, different topics I may be talking about, you know, is it budgets, is it grants, is it the software we're using? What's going on with a student? Uh, do they, you know, what referrals do they need? So right now I'm working mostly days, but as a general rule, when you're working in adult education, you know, you, you're probably going to have some evening hours. So that what probably will happen. Like if there's a CNA course meeting, you know, if they're, if they're in the classroom, um, for an evening, uh, I'll probably be around to, you know, as a, as a resource and for help. So you do have to really be comfortable switching your roles and, and how you relate to people, the language and words that you use. There's a lot of different audiences is the best way I can think yeah. about it. You work with every single day and um, a lot of different roles you get to play every single day. So um, it does keep it interesting in that, that respect. Very nice. Well, we're so lucky to have you. Tell me, how has the pandemic impacted adult and community education? Oh my gosh, I, I, it, it's had, uh, it's similar to what I see on the impact in, in some of the K to 12 education and higher education as well, just in that um, in spite of all the technology that's come, been developed over the years for education and, and it's been wonderful and helpful and I'm very grateful at things like Zoom were already set up and going and in place before COVID happened happened, thankfully, because we really would have been lost without that. But right now, it's just the lack of traffic coming in and out. You know, yeah. if, if you're any type of, you know, education administrators, service teachers, etc, you're used to seeing people milling around and doing things and engaging. And when you don't see that in your workspace and your space you've created, um, that, that can be really difficult to measure, like, am I really making, you know, an impact? And the challenge has been, how do you reach out to students? Because oftentimes, um, students coming to adult ed really are looking for a high level of engagement that may have been something they missed out on before in their educational experiences for, for any reason. And we just find that so key into engaging um, adult students. They, uh, adult students are very important for them to find relevance and, and to be recognized as an adult, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So doing that outreach piece has been a little more difficult, um, but it's just, it just means changing approaches, using technology more for, for learning purposes. Um, but I, I think it's been a real challenge to the students more than anyone, because um, many students are coming back who maybe didn't use technology when they were in high school at all, or right. even college, or, or 
in their daily lives. If, if you're not sitting at a desk doing a job every day or in a lot of different industries, you may have magnificent high level skills, but they don't relate to using a computer. Yeah. And so I can't just assume that someone is going to feel comfortable emailing me. So you have to find these workarounds. Um, Absolutely. So what do you think so far in your, your short time that you've been here, what has surprised you most about your work? About working in adult education? Or um, on Deer Isle specifically, or, or, or however Isle. you want to answer that. Um, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll step back even a little bit farther because I came from Columbus, here from Columbus, Ohio, and I grew up near Dayton. I lived in Toledo. I went to college. I mean, I came from... I went to a smaller rural high school near the end of my high school career. However, I came from a uh, city environment and working with people who were city inhabitants and um, coming to Maine in general. One of the things that struck me the most um, is, as regards my vocation in education is just the, the incredible barriers of rural poverty. Um, and just in general in Maine, everywhere I go, I've gone as an educator, poverty in a city has certain things associated with it. However, some things you do have like transportation. You can get on a bus. I rode a bus every day to work and back. Right. Um, it, was easier than, it was easier than using the car, was to get on the bus. And you can get a free bus pass uh, many times if, if you're receiving services. Um, you can, you can get to places you can get to doc. There's a lot of resources that are available. Things like internet broadband that still blows my mind that the state of Maine, um, doesn't have that more available because, you know, talking about changes in adult education and things like that, um, that would help all of us the most if everybody, because I can, I can get a, we have grants, we have technology. We can loan to students. If a student comes and says, Hey, I don't have anything to connect to a Zoom class from home, for example. We can give them that, but if they don't have internet access, what are you gonna do? And, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's probably one of the more surprising things is just you know the the impact of generational poverty. Yet on the other hand, you know everyone who's lived in Maine for any amount of time, I think would say this like we just have really beautiful communities, and yeah. and you know and um, Deer Isle is definitely, you know, a special, very close community. Um, people really care about their children, very family or oriented. Um, and that didn't exactly surprise me, but however, it's yeah. really nice to, to see that in action and to see the caring that occurs. Excellent. This, this community is very close knit. And mm -hmm. I found through my time here that it's a community of helpers. So yes. as long as, as long as people or organizations are clear about their needs, um, there's usually, and I say usually meaning always, um, someone who steps forward to help meet yeah. that need. So it's, it's a pretty beautiful thing. So speaking of beautiful things, I'm not going to take the rest of your day because I know you're super busy. Um, but if you can answer just one of our end of podcast questions, what okay. is bringing, <laughs> what is bringing you joy right now? Uh, right now in my life yeah and it can be outside of work like it doesn't it doesn't have to be work related really? okay well um 
I'm a professional singer and I'm getting ready for a few gigs. So I'm really excited. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Good luck with those. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 uh, early, you know, that COVID affected that segment. Yeah. The world a lot too, especially live performance and things like that. So just to, and with so many other people, you know, it's so wonderful to know I'll to get it back out there and, and perform and, and see people. So that's, that's really been giving me a lot of joy. And, uh, the other thing is more sunlight. That is, yes. Oh my gosh. I am right with you there. Am, yes. Yeah. Right. Right. I will, uh, I will never have a professional singing career, but, um, the sunshine <laughs> I can identify with. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and it has been an absolute pleasure to get to know you. I know that we are going to continue talking. Um, I can't wait to talk to you even in six months and see where the program is. Um, yeah. We're so glad you're here. We're just so excited I'm... to have you here as a community. So welcome. And um, we'll talk again soon. Great. Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure.